Uh, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on the Believer's Authority uh, by Andrew Womack. And we'll be back in chapter 6 tonight as we're talking about, uh, let me get the title of chapter, Out of This World, talking about how God had given authority originally to man, and man forfeited that to Satan uh, before, at the fall, and he, where he became the God of this world. And so, um, we'll talk, we'll get talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we thank you for all of our financial support, uh, financial supporters who have partnered with us in the ministry through our online, as well as mailing it to our address, which is also available on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. So anyway, we just thank you for that. Uh, so we're going to jump right in once we get dialed in here. Uh, to, and again, we're talking about uh, the believer's authority. In this particular chapter, we're talking about, how, like I just said a moment ago, God had given authority to man. But through the fall, uh, uh, man, uh, man, I'm trying to get my words together here, man forfeited that authority to Satan. See, God created man, uh, uh, you know, he, I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. You know, God gave authority to man, but, and a lot of times we think Satan has authority. Well, through the cross, Christ redeemed that authority back. He took that authority back. And at the same point in time, we think that the devil has authority, but he does not. The devil, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, he needs submission. He needs people to submit to him. He has to work through a body. He, You know, he's a spirit. But then a lot of you say, well, well, God's a spirit. Yes, but God created Lucifer, who became Satan. God is the creator. Lucifer is not the He's not a God, big gene. God is God. God is a spirit. At the same point in time, Satan is only a spirit. He he doesn't have a body. He doesn't have any authority without a body. That's why he used a snake to 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 deceive Eve, that which produced the fall through Adam's rebellion. <coughs> and so, um, I mean, Eve was deceived by Adam, just flat, flat out rebelled. You know, we we pick on Eve all the time. And uh, yet, Paul does say in First Corinthians chapter eleven. That, uh, you know, he is jealous of us for the godly jealousy. At the same way, the enemy beguiled Eve, so the enemy will also beguile us through the simplicity that's in Christ. And what we're talking about right now is that Satan needs a body, a demon needs a body. He has no authority. But if we submit to him, if we submit... <coughs> to him, through deception, through whatever, however you want to call it, oppression, depression, oppression, uh, possession, whatever you want to call it, you know, however we submit to him, you know, you know that, that gives Satan an inroad into not only our lives, but into society and, and different things as well. So, we've been talking about this, we're going to pick it up, we're supposed to pick it up, and we want to have two, little, two more sections of this chapter, Earth Suits, but I think we need to give a, go back just a little bit just to give a little 
uh, foundation to the chapter, I mean the section of this chapter. We're almost done with the chapter. I don't want, I, you know, when we pick it up mid-chapter, we pick it up mid-thought. And uh, I want to make sure that this is relevant. So let's go back, Sherry. Let's read A Demon Needs a Body and the Right to Use Power. Let's read those two sections through and then we'll go, we'll pause and recap and then we'll uh, go forward. The devil and his demons, as spirit beings, have no power or authority on this earth apart from physical human beings yielding it to them. Consider the example of Jesus casting out the demons in Luke 8. When the Lord commanded the unclean spirit out of a man, the demons identified themselves as legion because they were many, Luke 8.30. They begged Jesus, don't cast us out into the deep, but send us into that nearby herd of swine. When the demons entered those 2,000 pigs, this herd immediately took off running, jumped off a steep cliff, and drowned themselves in a lake. Verses 31 through 33. Demons are looking for a physical body, a willing vessel. They need somebody who will submit to them. The power that the devil or any other demon uses against us is our own. Satan has zero angelic spiritual power. All his authority comes from man. The only reason Satan exists and functions is because people cooperate with and empower him. That's why he always seeks to inhabit a body. Even a pig has more authority on earth than a demon. An ant, a fly, or a snail has more power on this earth than Satan because they have physical bodies. He is absolutely powerless to do anything unless he can get a physical body to cooperate with him. God is the author of all power and authority. When he created mankind, he gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28 God gave us physical human beings, power and authority to rule this world. Authority is simply the right to use power. God gave that right to use power to Adam and Eve. Basically, God said, here's my power. Now I give you the right to use my power. Everything I've created will respond to you. God is a spirit, John 4:24. Satan is a spirit too, Ephesians 2, 2. He doesn't have a physical body, which means that he can't come and make anyone do anything. First, he must gain their cooperation. Many Christians see Satan as an angelic being with godlike supernatural power and authority over man. They see him coming and overpowering them, when the truth is that the devil can't force them to do anything. He lost his power when he rebelled at God. The only power and authority Satan is functioning under now is human power and authority. It takes your cooperation for the devil to do anything in your life. That's why he seeks whom he may devour. Satan doesn't have the authority and power to devour you unless you quit obeying God and yield yourself to sin. Romans 6.16 says that when you yield yourself to sin, you're actually yielding yourself to the author of that sin, which is Satan. Satan can't just come in and destroy you without your cooperation. But when you sin, you are empowering the devil. Okay, uh, so, so again, we're just recapping uh, a little bit of what we talked last week to set the page for to ending this chapter um, before we, we go there. Um, 
No, I just want to recap again one more time, just one paragraph where it says, Many Christians see Satan as an angelic being with God-like supernatural power and authority over man. They see him coming and overpowering them, when the truth is the devil can't force them to do anything. He lost his power when he rebelled at God. The only power and authority Satan is functioning under is human power and authority. Yeah, like in the previous section where I talked about, even you know, even a pig had more authority than Satan. Even an ant and, and a, a flea has more uh, authority than Satan. Why? Because they have physical, natural bodies, uh, obviously according to um, their own um, genes or whatever. You know, an ant's going to be an ant, a dog's going to be a dog, etc. But they still have a physical body. Versus, a sp they're not just spirits, okay, like Satan is. Now, when we are born again, the Bible does talk about in 1 Corinthians 15 that we are, um, um, forget the term now, um, uh, I'm trying to get the, it's on the tip of my tongue, um, I'll have to look it up, but it's something about we are spirits, we're born, you know, we're, 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 and we teach us in spirit's own body, we're, our spirit is born again. We are a spirit, we have a, uh, we have a soul, we live in the body, you know, and, uh, but Satan doesn't have any authority unless we yield to him. He goes on to say, it takes your cooperation for the devil to do anything in your life. That's why he seeks whom he may devour. Satan doesn't have authority to power to devour you unless you quit obeying God and yield yourself to sin. You know, anyway, it says in Romans 8, 6, 6.16, it says that uh, when you yield yourselves to sin, you're actually yielding yourself to the author of that sin, which is Satan. Satan can't just destroy you without your cooperation, but when you sin, you are empowering the devil. And so, you know, you know this goes into a lot of people... Think especially on the side of grace, which we teach, is that well now you're going into performance. Uh, no, we're saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by our works. At the same point in time, your works can give inroad to the devil into your life. You can be saved and still giving inroads to Satan. Some people don't understand that, and I, I get that. I I grew up believing that way uh, for various reasons. But at the same point in time, you know. Uh, your spirit man can't sin. The Bible talks about that in First John chapter two. Uh, it, it can't sin. You know, it's born again. It, whatever is born of flesh is flesh, and whatever spirit is spirit. Jesus said in John chapter three, verse six, I think the reference is. But I'm trying to get my thoughts together. As I thought, I'm losing that that one. Um, something I wanted to say. You know, we can get the end of the devil. I think this was a thought I had. Paul talks about this in Galatians. I think it's chapter six. I could be the. I could be. I have the wrong chapter. But in the book of Galatians, he talks about if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you reap corruption. Sin is still stupid. <laughs> whoever you are yielding to, whoever you are obeying, you're still that ser that servant. You know, and um, there's there's a lot of immature Christians out there who. Uh, they are born again, but they are they are yielding themselves to Satan all the time, and they're wondering where is God? Well, where are you? <laughs> you know, you're the one that's opening to Satan. You, you know, you're living. You're saying you're a Christian, but you're living <coughs> like the devil. And so, uh, you know, 
How do we control this? Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And uh, there's more I can talk about this, but I'm trying to get back to our topic here. It's that Satan needs a body. And uh, um, and so he, he doesn't have any authority over us without our cooperation. If we cooperate with the devil, he will devour us. And so, anyway, anything we want to add? And, you know, as Christians, we might be kind of like, oh, no, that can't be. You know, I, I belong to Christ. Yes, we do. Uh, but if you listen to Dave or even Andrew uh, or Lawson Purdue's uh, teach on spirit, soul, and body, you know, you'll realize that, yes, our spirit can't sin, but our our uh, our soul and body can, you know, if we, when we give in to our feelings, you know, as a Christian, if you give in to, to uh, bitterness or uh, out to get someone because they did something bad to you, you're giving in and opening the door to the enemy. You know, we are to walk uh, in the spirit, not not by flesh and you know we when you live galatians 5 22 and 23 the fruit of the spirit and walk in that love and grace and mercy as christ did uh you know that's that's walking in the spirit that's walking out as a christian should uh but you can only do it with god's help and you can only do it when you renew your mind and and be in the Word and have that relationship with God. You know, I can very easily give in to my flesh if I don't get a good night's sleep and I let my flesh take over because I'm crabby. Uh, if I'm not in the Word of God every day, uh, you you can you can you can tell when a Christian's not. Uh, walking with the Lord by, I mean, you might have a great devotion time in the morning and then later on in the afternoon deal with some bad traffic and get in the flesh. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can give inroads to the Satan and, and I'm just using, you know, basic, you know, examples. But, you know, Jesus has said that we would be known as his disciples by our, by our love for one another. And when we're not walking in love to the body of Christ, uh, we're, we're giving in to, uh, to the devil. And I, I get this is a heavy subject, but there are ways to, to stop that. Uh, we, we don't have to submit to, to Satan. We don't have to submit to the anger and the lies and the bitterness and the offense that he loves to put on uh, on people so that they react that way uh, instead you know you you submit to God first then you're able to resist the devil submit to God by hey the body of Christ is to love one another the body of Christ is to encourage and uh, build each other up and uh, you know as as a, a Christian you know I'm I'm to walk like, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of Andrew and his teaching. I want to get back to his, his point before he, he gets into, you know, more of explaining this for us. But uh, hope you're hearing our, our hearts. Hope you're hearing Andrew. Good. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, read some more. Earth suits. 
Actually, yeah. Most people don't see it this way. They understand that, according to scripture, Satan was originally created as an angel. Angels have a higher power than what we than what we do, but they don't have the authority, the right to exercise that power in the earth. Yet most people assume that Satan has a higher power and authority than us. And they are intimidated by that perceived authority. They don't realize that he lost all of his angelic power when he rebelled, and now his authority is totally tied to us. Since God gave the authority over this earth and everything going on in it to physical human beings, Satan, who is without a physical body, is absolutely powerless unless we empower him by yielding to and indulging his lust, lies, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, or some other sin. This is why our actions are so important. Your physical body is what gives you authority here on the earth. Paul the Apostle doesn't have any power or influence over you today. He is still alive, but he's no longer in a physical body. The only influence he has on anyone today is through the physical writings he left behind. People can read them and be influenced. Nevertheless, Paul doesn't have the authority to function and operate any longer on this earth because he no longer has a physical body. I have a physical body. I have more authority and power on this earth than the Apostle Paul right now because he has lost his earth suit. This earth suit, my physical body, is what empowers me and gives me authority. Satan can't do anything without somebody in an earth suit yielding to him. That is why he's constantly vying for your heart, trying to get you to yield to him through anger, fear, hurt, pain, and depression. Every time you move away from what God's word says and act in union with what the devil is trying to do, you yield authority to him. Every time you quit believing and receiving God's supernatural power and ability and sin instead, you empower the enemy. Satan can only function as he keeps people submitted to himself through lies and deception. It's sad to say, but one of his greatest weapons of deception has been the church. The church has taught that Satan is a superior power. He isn't. He's actually using nothing but human power and human authority acquired through our cooperation. You know, we're talking about the believer's authority. That's the title of this book. And here, right, and still towards the beginning of the book, we're talking about authority in general. God gave authority to man. Satan doesn't have any authority. And whatever authority he did have, he lost in the fall when he transgressed against God. And so, and the, the only authority, the only weapon really Satan has is lies and deception. And um, he has no, he, he can only work through human power. He can only work through human authority and deception. He has to deceive us through lies and deception to produce to to fulfill his kingdom to sponsor his kingdom to when we sin when we do it our own way when we allow him to deceive us and get in the flesh with our anger depression and other things I know he misses a few things anger fear hurt pain depression when we do that, we are just giving an inroad to Satan, <coughs> and we are actually uh, supporting his kingdom. 
and not the kingdom of God. When we don't obey God's word, when we don't trust his word, when we don't live his word, when we don't walk in the spirit, we are promoting the kingdom of darkness and not the kingdom of his dear son. And so there's only two kingdoms. There's only two natures. There's only two ways about this. Either you're living for God or you're living for Satan. Now, in one sense, you might be living for yourself, but living for yourself is also deception and lies. You're actually promoting the kingdom of darkness. So you're, you're, if you're promoting the kingdom of darkness through sin and other, other things of that nature, <coughs> you are actually using your authority for the Satan's use, exactly where he wants you. And you are no use, when you're living in sin, you're no use to God's kingdom, and you are you have a you have a lot of potential for Satan's kingdom, which is totally backwards, you know. And so, uh, whoever you yield yourself to obey, you are that person's servant, either to the flesh, sin, or to the spirit of God, God. And so, uh, you know. Satan can't do anything without human authority and without human uh, power. And so uh, that, it's, <coughs> it's as simple and it's as complicated as that. And so, you know, that's why if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. <laughs> you know, there's two kinds of wisdom. James 3 talks about there's that wisdom that's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic, and then there's a wisdom that's from above, it's peaceful, it's one to be entreated, it's without hypocrisy, uh, full of mercy and grace. And so, uh, you know, uh, when you are envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. Why? Because you are promoting and you are enhancing the kingdom of darkness. And But the opposite is true. When there's not envy and strife, you're promoting the kingdom of God. That is in you. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, you got something, Trey? I do. Uh, I've been in the, the two letters to Timothy recently, and, you know, Paul is, um, he, he basically says that, that Timothy is a spiritual son, but I love his words to, to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6, uh, in verse 11, he says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. He's, he's encouraging Timothy like a son and reminding him that, you know, th this, this world, you know, has a lot of evil and sin in it, but we're not to pursue those things. By God's grace, uh, he tells us through through Paul's words to pursue righteousness. And how do we do that? We we basically pursue everything of God. Um, and he also um, he also pretty much says the the same thing in Second Timothy uh, chapter two, verse twenty two. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace. Um, but he's, 
And he goes on in, in verse 24, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in, in humility. He He's reminding Timothy, you know, there's, there's so much going on. You're going to have people, you know, want to argue with you. You're going to have evil all around you. Uh, but hold on to your faith, you know, be, be, be Christ to all. And, um, it's just, you know, we, we can do that, but we need, we need to have our relationship with God and pursue that above all. Oh, good stuff. So let's read this last section of chapter six, my own human authority. Does that mean Satan isn't a factor? No, he is a factor. There are millions of people on the face of the earth who are yielded to the devil today. They're operating in sexual immorality, lies, deception, hurt, fear, hatred, idolatry, and more. Every time we yield to something negative, we empower the devil. So yes, Satan is a factor and he has to be dealt with. But as far as my individual life goes, Satan can't do anything without my consent and cooperation. Understanding that the power and authority Satan uses is human power. The power God has given to me, a physical human being, to rule and reign over this earth, has put everything in a brand new light. Now, instead of being intimidated by the enemy, I have boldness towards the devil. I understand that if I were to start doing the wrong things in my actions, saying the wrong things with my words and indulging negative emotions, Satan would take advantage of it. He'd come in, eat my lunch, and pop the bag. I'm not ignorant of his devices, but I'm also not afraid of him. I'm not being passive toward him, but I'm actively and intentionally resisting him. I realize that all he's, going, all he's doing is coming against me with my own human authority and power. I received a testimony from a woman who had been a Satanist before converting to Christ. Even after being born again, she suffered many problems because she was afraid that Satan was mad at her and was trying to punish her for turning away from him. When she heard this teaching on the believer's authority, it set her free. All her fears left as she realized that the devil couldn't do anything to her without her consent and cooperation. These truths liberated this precious sister, and they'll liberate you too. This is awesome. I want to reread uh, the part of this chat, uh, paragraph. But as as far as my individual life goes, Satan can't do anything without my consent and cooperation. Understanding that the power and authority Satan uses is human power, the power of God has given God the power of God has given to me a physical human being. Uh, a physical human being to rule and reign the earth has put everything in a brand new light. Now, instead of being intimidated by the enemy, I have boldness. I have boldness towards the devil. I understand that if I were to start doing the wrong things in my actions, saying the wrong thing with my words, and indulging in negative emotions, Satan would take advantage of it. He'd come in and eat my lunch and pop the bag. I'm not ignorant of his devices. I'm also not afraid of him. I'm not being passive towards him, but I'm, act, I'm, I'm, I'm actually and intentionally resisting him, and I realize that he's doing it. All he's doing is coming against me with my own human authority and power. 
Satan just wants you to use your own power that you already have, your own authority, to produce, to promote his kingdom. That's by living in the flesh. That's by disobeying God. That's by living in sin, etc., etc. <coughs> you know, we don't have to be afraid of the devil. He has no authority. We also don't need to be, lack of a better term, stupid and give place to the devil. Okay? That's that's just, it's stupid. <laughs> you know, we are using a God-given authority to promote the wrong kingdom. But, as we're going to learn throughout the rest of this book, if we use that authority that we have as believers for the kingdom of God, we can do exploits in his name. And so, God gave us that authority to rule and to reign. Not to be passive, not to be lazy, not to be selfish, <coughs> not to be prideful, but for the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is here. It's within us. We have the keys of the kingdom. We have authority. As believers, we are rightful heirs. And, the same, you know, and there's so much I could talk about all that. But, you know, uh, we don't have to be afraid of the enemy. I don't care how dark you've gone and how far you've gone. If you are, have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have authority. You don't have to be afraid of Satan. Just don't yield to him. Don't just resist him. And submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Sure. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I, I had, had a thought, and I think I am in, totally in the wrong book, but I, I just wanted to remind uh, all of us that human beings are, well, actually, there's two things I want to bring up. Human beings are not each other's enemies as, I mean, I really want to be clear on this, and I wish I had pulled up the verse faster. Physical human beings are not the enemy. Uh, the the verse I was looking up was was talking about spiritual warfare, and that like Dave's not my enemy, my husband is not my my enemy, uh, someone who who done me wrong is not my my enemy, uh, another country, foreign country, yes, we talk about, you know, nations warring against nations. Those are not my, my enemy. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but, uh, I, w I wish I could quote it better, but it gets the, the rulers of darkness, which is basically Satan and these demons that, that Andrew was talking about. We have, we're in a spiritual battle when, say spouses fight or someone does says something uh, i i can use my words to hurt someone or i can use my words to encourage someone when i use my words to hurt someone because of i'm in the flesh in the moment i'm being used by satan when I use my words wisely or in love to build someone up, to encourage, 
you know, we, we, man, I want to just swallow Andrew's book in one gulp and just like share it, but I, I want to make sure that we all, we all get that. Uh, I need to remember my, my second point. Well, hopefully it'll come to me because it, it re I thought it was really good, but uh, my mind's blank in the moment because I was trying to explain my, my first point. But all, all this to say is, you know, we, we, oh, I remember my second point. Thank you, Jesus. When the Bible talks about believer's authority, when he's talking about when God's talking about the power and authority that he gave mankind over creation, over this earth, the, the, the living creatures in it, that does not mean I have power and authority over another human being. I cannot make Dave do anything and kowtow to me because I have power and authority over him. It doesn't work that way. The power and authority that, that God gave us at creation that Jesus uh, took back uh, at the cross is for me to, to, to go out like Jesus told us to do and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, you know, have, make blind eyes see, deaf ears hear, preach the gospel um, that's the power and authority that, that over creation that he's given us, you know, uh, one of our friends, uh, walks her dogs all the time and it was raining and she was able to command like Jesus when Jesus was, uh, commanding the storm to, to stop, to peace, be still. She didn't want to walk the dogs in the rain. So she commanded the weather to wait until she was done walking the dogs. That's more the power and authority of what God's given us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. This, uh, this earth, you know, uh, if, if you have, say, a dog or cat, they're not going to rule the roost, even though they might think they're a pack leader. We are, as humans, we have that authority over the animal kingdom. Um, we just want to get on a soapbox and start preaching, but I, we have such a short time for a Bible study. Um, hopefully I'm making sense. Yeah, I mean, one of the key things I think she's saying, we don't have authority over other people. You know, that's witchcraft. And so that's, that's not the authority we have. We don't have authority to lord over other people. God, Jesus is our Lord. We are the body of Christ, you know. And so uh, we're all on the same level. Now, I get it that God's put different people in authority over us in, in the sense of, Civil authority, police officers, governors, whatnot, uh, and, and there's authority. There's a there's authority in the church, of that, you know, fivefold ministry. At the same point in time, we cannot 
we don't have authority over other people. And we might have a, a place of leadership over people and be mentors. But, you know, even then, you know, uh, I can't make someone do something. I can guide them. I can uh, strongly encourage them. <laughs> uh, but I can't make them do things, you know. Um, even, you know, even when I talk about marriage, you talk about wives submit to your husbands. But, it, you know, it, doesn't, it never tells the husband, make your wife submissive. No, it's a voluntary thing. You know, submission is voluntary. And children are supposed to honor their parents. But this is right. And it, it comes with a promise. They will have a long life. And so we do not have authority over other people. We can't pray that something happens. Now, we can pray that they would change their mind, change their heart, soften their heart, and, and get and, and in a sense of change their mind. We, can, we can't make them change their mind, but we can pray that they would choose to change their mind and that they would soften their hearts. <coughs> but even God's not going to make people do stuff. Uh, we have a free will, and you and nobody has a right to violate that free will. Uh, at same point in time, there is human authority to a certain level, but uh, it's not to lord it over people. We can't. We don't have that type of authority. And so, uh, at same point in time, when we do things the way God created them to be, because there are, we do have leaders in our life in various levels. We, you know, the husband, the father is the head of the home, and then the wife and the the mother. When we when we respect the authority that God has in the home and in the church and in government and society, things just work right. Things just work well. Now, at the same point in time, there is different when there's uh, wicked. The wicked are in authority, but you know, even then, I look at I look at Daniel. I look at Joseph. How they handled wicked leadership in their day. You know, they still respected the wicked leadership. They didn't always obey, depending on the, the circumstance. But they didn't revolt. They didn't rebel. That's different, you know. Uh, no one's going to make me uh, uh, not worship God and serve Jesus. Now, they could they could orchestrate some other things in my life that I don't necessarily desire, where they can't touch that. And so, uh, whatnot. You know, I, I've had several bosses through the years. I wanted to go to church on Sunday. And they want to make me work on Sundays. And, you know, I had at least, I can't remember now, I used to know, I used to have this memorized, but I had a handful of jobs where they, they'd stop letting me have Sundays off. And when I quit or stepped down from maybe management to a regular employee, every single time, every single one of those businesses is either, or that, that particular manager is out of business today, you know, and so, uh, and I, I just wouldn't bow down, you know. Now that they can't make, they can't make me work Sundays, and uh, now, now they can't, uh, they, I can't make them keep me hired. <laughs> I can't make me make them keep me in a management position, but I don't. Uh, they can't make me work Sundays. Now, why do I? I'm so adamant about that. Well, you know, I'm not, I believe we should have church every day. <coughs> the early church did. So why are we so different? 
you know, and I, I get we live in a different society, a different era, but early church met every day. However, most churches we go to, this church, but I know I'm passing, so it's a little different, but growing up, my church, whatever I was going to, met on Sundays. I could go there any day of the week, but no one else is going to be there. It kind of defeats the purpose. But, you know, I... That's when we chose to worship. And I told one boss one this, I forget exactly how I said it, but I said, you know, if you don't value something and you don't stick to your value, then it's not a value. You know, and I had some bosses, they were forced to make me step down from because of Sundays. But I had some bosses, even though they had to be the, the messenger of that, they said, you know what, I have high regard for you because you stand to your principles, you stand to your values. And I just knew that my God will supply my God would, meet, would give me a job, and every single time he gave me a better job, you know, and different things. And a lot of it wasn't some other factors of my own doing that were negative and in in, 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 in that. So God has always been our provider, but we can't make anyone do anything. That's what I think one of the main things Sherry was trying to convey. So um, we have authority over the devil. And we might have authority over the devil in somebody, but we don't have authority over people. So. And I believe and, uh, either Andrew or Dave brought this up in the previous uh, Bible studies. When, if you're still like, you know, how can a Christian like even have an in, let it, Satan have an inroad? Just think about this. Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, who walked with him, in one breath said that he was the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, and almost immediately got on Jesus for, uh, because Jesus was in the process of telling, uh, preparing his disciples that yes, he was going to go to the cross and uh, it was. Peter was basically re rebuking him and like, no, Lord, no. And and Jesus turned ar tur turned around and said, you know, get behind me, Satan. He knew what was influencing Peter's uh, thought process and words. And you know, in in the the moment, uh, Peter wasn't realizing that the cross had to happen. You know, no matter what, Jesus purpose before creation that he would be going to the cross and he did it out of love for mankind and um, there was there was no way that the cross wasn't going to happen but to to keep someone from fulfilling their their purpose you know that that is uh, that that is one of the things that Satan deceives people to keep them from their purpose, take offense. You know, when someone gets offended at, at, at someone or, or whatever they're offended at, that distracts them from doing their purpose. You know, someone um, might have a uh, God's calling on their life to be in ministry, but they are so upset, so offended at, at someone that they, they let the bitterness and the lies and the anger just fester and then they, they turn their back on God. I mean, you have to realize, yes, Satan doesn't have the authority, the powerful, all powerful authority that, that we've perceived him to, 
to be, and yes, it is humans who give it to him, but because it's, it's an easy thing for him to do, uh, that's why it seems like he has so much power. He can very easily di distract us from uh, walking in love, from living in our purpose, um, from submitting to God. Awesome. Awesome. I think we have about two more minutes. So, actually, about 15 more minutes. Excuse me. Very right, good. Let's go to chapter 7. We're going to start that tonight, and uh, we'll read at least that first section, see how we do. In light of what we've seen thus far, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 ought to make a lot more sense. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles literally means cunningness, craftiness, and deception. Satan's only power is deception. He can't force you to do anything. He can't make you sin. People tell me, I don't want to commit sexual sin, but I just don't have the power to resist. Satan is stronger than I am. Not true. Satan doesn't have the power or the authority to force you to do anything. The problem is that he's a master liar, intimidator, and deceiver. It's all deception. When we don't know the truth about who we are in Christ and the power we've been given, then, in a very real sense, we are the ones who are giving Satan the power and authority to rule and dominate us. You can break that. Recently, I was speaking to one of our Bible college students about a certain area in the student's life, and that person admitted, I know I'm wrong in this area. It's rebellion, and I want to break it, but there's just something in me that I have trouble doing the right thing. I just can't seem to overcome it. I told the student, here's how you overcome it. Do what you know you're supposed to do, but don't feel like doing every day. It doesn't matter that you don't feel like doing it. Do it every day. If you'll start obeying and yielding your actions to the Lord, then he'll be strengthened in your life. As you quit obeying and yielding your body to the devil, it'll weaken him in your life. That's why the Bible says you have to stand against the wiles, deception, lies, and deceit of the devil. Satan is out to deceive you, and he's coming at you every which way through all of the help and support he gets from people. Our airwaves are full of lust and lies. Every time you yield to the lies, you are, you are the one who empowers the devil to come in and destroy your life. This is good stuff if you if you are listening, you know. And a lot of people don't get this, you know. They're they're, uh, they're doing so many other things, religion, whatnot, to to try to get set free. But Andrew's getting some solid advice right here in this uh, next to last paragraph of this first section. But he says, "I told I I told these people who you know they were saying, I I, I let me get back up." He says. Uh, there are some Bible college students. Now, these are Bible college students. These are Christians. These are people going to Bible college. And he said, I know I'm wrong in this area. It's rebellion, and I want to break it, but there's just something in me that I have trouble doing the right thing. I just can't seem to overcome it. And this was Andrew's advice to him. <coughs> he says, here's how you overcome it. Don't do every day what you know you're uh, supposed to do. But don't feel like doing it. It doesn't matter that you don't feel like doing it. Do it every day. If you start obeying and yielding your actions to the Lord, 
and he'll be strengthened in your life. As you quit obeying and yielding your body to the devil, it will weaken him in your life. That's why the Bible says we have to stand against the wiles, deception, lies, and deceit of the devil. You know, the food of the Spirit is also self-control. And we have that self-control. If we are born again, we have the fruit of the Spirit. And we have temperance. We have the ability. And we have the ability to say no. We have the ability not to give in to our flesh. <coughs> and as you walk in the Spirit, what the angel is saying, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your flesh may lust to do things that are flat-out rebellion, among other things like depression and anger, and what not. But how do you, if you walk in the spirit and not after the flesh, that you're, you know, you're going to be like that puppy, that dog that you're trained. And when you say no, it means no. And when you call its name or you snap your fingers, like I do sometimes with our puppy that we're training, or, you know, uh, you know, some people have little to, uh, devices where it vibrates on their neck or whatnot. But when you say no, that means no, and there should be that instant obedience or response because he's our Lord, you know. And the more you submit to him and resist the devil, the more he's going to flee out of your life. It just you're going to strengthen your relationship with God. You're going to weaken your relationship with the devil, and he's going to become Lord of your life. But <coughs> excuse me, there's some disciplines to this, and. Some of this discipline is what I call, I call temperance. It calls the food of the spirit, uh, and, and you know we don't like that self-control part, but we have it. And uh, you know, don't let your flesh be dominant in your life. You know, and I know that flesh is a, a rebellious foe. <laughs> you know, you mean you get someone in who's in a bad mood, and you try to encourage them, they snap at you, man. You know. I did some snapping of myself today. I got frustrated. I got in the flesh. And I said and some things that I shouldn't have said and whatnot. And so, you know, you're like, well, you should know better, your pastor. Well, you're right. I should know better. But I gave in the flesh. And we can all give in the flesh. You know, um, when you want to think he stand, take heed lest he fall. And so, you know, there's... Uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. I mean, I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm not, in no way, shape, or form am I trying to do that. But, you know, we have to... And you're just flat out, don't do it. Why well, can't help it? Yes, you can. You have the food. Of, if you're born again, you have the food of the Spirit. You have self-control. You have temperance. And you're going to either yield your, to your flesh and obey your flesh, or you're going to obey God. Because if you obey your flesh, your flesh is your Lord. And that's pride. And pride goes before a fall. And God says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So you got to say no to your flesh. You know, I do the same thing when my body wants to be sick. No, you're not. I say, you don't have any right to be sick. There's no sickness in this body. You know, and we, we can tell our bodies what to do. We can tell our flesh what to do. Why? Because we're spirit, soul, and body, and our spirit is Lord in our lives. And so, anyway, and that's one way I look at it. So, and I, I know we talked about this before, and I might be getting my Sunday night Bible study mixed up with the, the Wednesday night one. But 
a lot of times we, we sin or give in to the de devil because of feelings. I feel mad, so I'm going to speak mad. I'm, I feel lust of food or sex or whatever it is people lust for. I'm going to do it anyways. I, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel hungry. I feel depressed. I feel anger. I'm, you know, and you give into it because in the moment your flesh is ruling your flesh, your feelings are our Lord. And yet, you know, Dave made a, a wonderful point. The Holy Spirit as believers dwells in us. We do have the fruit of the spirit. And as Andrew was saying, if you don't feel like walking in, in, in self-control or, or patience or, or love, do it anyway. You can. You can bite your tongue and not say things to hurt someone else because you're in a bad mood or whatever the case may, may be. You can choose not to respond in bitterness uh, or offense. Um, you know, there, there's a, um, in Psalm 118, there's a verse that, that says that we won't get offended. Uh, David's saying, because he loves the word of God, the, the law, the commandments of the Lord so much, those who do love God's word so much, they won't be offended. If you let God's word richly dwell in your heart and in your life, you will have so it's going to be so easy for you to be able to submit to God and resist the devil and uh, even the, whether it be a, a simple thing like holding your tongue of course sometimes it doesn't seem simple um, or give it in to to things that you shouldn't do um, and and sometimes it, it just it it just takes that step of faith, you know, by golly, I'm not going to do it. Lord, thank you for your help to, to control my tongue or, you know, whatever it might be. Awesome, awesome. How are we doing? we got about six minutes. We can do for me a little more. So that's why Jesus came. Since God is a spirit and doesn't have a physical body, John 4:24, and since he gave the power and authority over the earth to physical human beings, he would have been unjust to come down here and intervene in the affairs of man. He couldn't just step in and straighten out the mess. He had the power to do so, and as judge, he could have said, All right, I'm tired of this whole mess. I'm going to wipe out the entire human race. He came close to doing that with Noah and the flood. As creator and owner, he's always had the right and privilege, but outside of total judgment, he didn't have the authority to just come into the affairs of men and change things. He didn't have it because he had given that authority to rule and reign over the earth to mankind. Psalm 115, verse 16. Even though they used that authority in a way contrary to what he desired, God would have been unjust and untrue to his own statements to come down here and change things. This is why God had to become a man. This is the reason that God had to send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to this earth. It all comes back to this issue of authority being given to physical human beings. God didn't have a physical human body, so he wasn't free to just operate unrestricted on this earth. 
He had to become a man. Jesus, the Word made flesh, the God-man, had to become a physical person so that he could have authority on this earth. John 1.14 God couldn't have saved mankind any other way. Until he obtained a physical human body, he was limited in what he could do. He tried to work through people, but they were all corrupted, deceived, and under the devil's control. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Ezekiel 22.30 He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. Isaiah 59.16 Since there was no person sinless, pure, and able to bring God's righteousness into the earth, he had to come and save us himself. He had given the dominion of this world to physical human beings, so he had to become one. God himself took upon himself flesh and limited himself to a physical body. My teaching entitled How to Conceive a Miracle goes into greater depth on this topic. It's the second message from Lessons from the Christmas Story. Awesome. You know, there's so much here. Um, I don't have time. We're almost out of time. But, you know, this all goes back to the authority that God gave man. God was a spirit, and God gave, God gave that authority to man. He can't just take that back. God is going to honor his word above his own name. A lot of us don't get that. God can do anything. Well, God's not going to do some things, you know. And he, he could have destroyed mankind. He almost did that. A couple times, one primarily to the flood, you know. But there's a couple times where he almost did that, especially the flood. But God gave authority to the man, so therefore Jesus had God had to come as a man, and that's why he came through His Son, Jesus Christ. I like how he called it the God Man. And so, um, you know, a lot, you know, when you understand this, it brings the gospel into a whole new new light. God had to become a man. Because man made the offense, man had to die. <coughs> and also, like we've been saying to the whole study so far, God gave that authority to man. So therefore, man had to go to the cross. And God had to become a man to, to, to um, just turn things around. And so, we're going to pick this up a little bit more next week. There's more I want to comment here, but I just, if I do... Uh, we're out of time. I just wanted to introduce this. We'll read read this section again, um, and then uh, we'll we'll pick it up from here next week. Maybe have anything you want to comment on? Uh, no, I'll just say amen to this last section and to what Dave shared. Uh, it was it was needed. It was expedient. It was um, God's love for us that he he saw that mankind had 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 failed and given up the power and authority that God had given him. Um, but God in his great wisdom and love and mercy and grace and faithfulness made a way when there was no way and sent his own son uh, to become a man to save us all. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great rest of the week. Uh, we'll see you Sunday as I do part two of our, our new teaching series experiencing the spirit of faith which i'm really excited and fired up about so anyway we'll see you sunday
Até a próxima.